0: vegetarian. Mm. (laughs) Shots have been fired. Yeah the stress made me malfunction. Oh
1: which one which one do you want?
0: It's the only thing I've ever beaten
1: Hello it's Nim from A Spoonful of Medicine. This episode is gonna be a little different from the rest. We're going to be joined by a guest and we'll share some stories from the ward from the clinic study and life in general. It's going to be fun, it's going to be funny, it's going to be heartwarming and hopefully going to be relatable. So grab a cup of tea and a bicky and get ready for some chat. I am so excited to have Angus on the show today.
0: Hello.
1: Um, Angus is one of my good friends from med school and we're going to have a chat or we decided to... Do some reflection on various things that have happened to us in clinic, on the wards or otherwise, just to brighten up a bit of the old study churn around, which we've both been kind of doing of late. Oh, such a slog. Such a slog. Um, but before we do that, Angus, welcome.
0: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs>
1: Tell us a bit about yourself.
0: Um. Well, 10 years of friendship. Cheers to us, Cheers. Sweetie. Cheers. Um, I am a... Medred here in Brisbane from adult land. Um, oh,
1: you're one of those. Is the grass greener? I think our grass is greener. It's got flowers.
0: Oh, it definitely does. And so do all of your wards, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> at least I can talk to my patients.
1: Oh, oh, oh. Shots um, have been fired.
0: <laughs> We're just warming up. <laughs> I have an interest in infectious diseases. I think that heralds back to our time at JCU. I really liked tropical medicine and the funky bugs that came with that um but just i'm pretty interested broadly in people and their happiness so yeah
1: yeah well it's i mean like it, it translates really well um and angus is always really enthusiastic about id and all things id so uh, yeah it, it seems to be an area that really suits you really well thank you but today what are we getting into well i thought we should
0: just chat through um some of our adventures over the last few years
1: i've chosen a story for today that i want you to tell and you've chosen a story right? Yep. So your story is about a time of cardioversion. Oh
0: yes, so good. Cardioversion. I do not want to be a cardiologist and I don't think they would let me be a cardiologist after this instant incident. Um, so I was a JHO and we had a chap who we were going to do a DC cardioversion for rapid AF. He was quite unwell. Anesthetics had very um, kindly come down to give us a hand um, so he was sedated, oxygen running, and, you know, he was doing... I had one job. My one job was to push the shock button.
1: They've given you a big job as a JHO.
0: They have. They have. They've been very kind. Um, first time pressing the shock button. Well, so, learning. Learning experience. Uh, yeah, so I ran through the algorithm, you know, oxygen away, clear the bed, all of that sort of stuff. And then got down to deliver the shock. And um, instead of pressing shock, I pressed off. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> Wait, wait, what?
0: It was very anticlimactic. I had one job, pressed shock, and I pressed off.
1: So and the machine guy- just was like, Ooh.
0: and powered down.
1: <laughs> this poor guy still in rapid AF?
0: <laughs> guy still in rapid AF. And he just jumps back on with his oxygen and is like touching the patient, fixing stuff. And so I think, oh, just panic and press shock with the oxygen on and the anesthetist on the patient. Um, thankfully, the machine was not on when I then pressed shock. Otherwise, I probably would have blown the broom up. But I almost felt like I needed to, to escape that very awkward situation. I just, yeah, so embarrassing.
1: That's almost like a heart thing moment. How did you, like, how, like what, did you, what happened next?
0: Well, I was like, Oh god, I can't even press one button. <laughs> and the anaesthetist was like, uh, next time would you mind just making sure I'm clear and the oxygen's away before you press that button again?
1: I think a uh, reasonable request. I feel uh, like that's a
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's like letting Homer Simpson into a nuclear power plant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Angus, Homer, Lane.
0: <laughs> yeah, same, same. <laughs>
1: How did how had so how did you like go about debriefing with that or like what did you reckon you learn from that
0: Ooh, what did I take away from that experience um I actually think it was more about not letting your nerves get the better of you to be honest and particularly in light of exams coming up for everyone it's a very stressful time a lot of us are changing roles and positions quite regularly which is also really stressful and it can be very easy to let your nerves Um, overcome you and I like that's what happened in that situation I was stressed because I'd actually been given a job to do on cardiology and yeah the stress made me malfunction and thankfully nothing bad happened as a result but you know it very possibly could have
1: Mm-hmm. and i guess like now the next time you ever have to be in a position where you know you're cardioverting someone or someone does come in with rapid af or svt or whatever um you that's something that you're nef- definitely not gonna stuff up or not gonna miss i shouldn't, I shouldn't say stuff up but like not, you're not gonna you know you're gonna think twice about and you're really gonna you know not forget
0: yeah and like i've been in the situation since then um particularly in Yeah, more recess kind of scenarios, but it's like I've just felt like I've nailed it the first time, and then that's really restored my confidence.
1: Yeah, yeah, you live and you learn.
0: Yeah. I wanted to hear a story a bit more off the beaten track, if you will. Can we talk about our one of just one of our many adventures in South America?
1: Oh, which one? Which one do you want?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh let's have a chat about rainbow mountain so
1: i feel like oddly enough i know this is probably very nerdy of me but i feel like i learned a lot about physiology at altitude when we did rainbow mountain by no intentional volition of mine
0: yeah yeah well look i would have gone there to learn about climate change and pretty colored rocks but you know, if you took away physiology, <laughs>
1: why don't you tell us
0: why? Why did
1: you take away well, physiology? okay, so we were, um, Angus and I and a few other friends, we went to South America for um, an elective placement um, in the end of our medical school. And as a part of that, you know, we're, we're, we're in a new country, we're in a new place, and we were really trying to get into looking at all the sights and sounds. And as a part of that, we went up and we decided to do a hike up Rainbow, Rainbow Mountain, and for those of you who don't know about Rainbow Mountain, it's essentially uh, a mountain at quite high altitude. It's... Yeah, the same as Everest Base Camp. Yeah, or very at least very yeah, close to very it. Very um, There's not very much oxygen up at that altitude, I think. It's like 5
0: um, k's above sea level, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's very, very high up. And also that means a partial pressure of oxygen. It's very, very low. And it's a it's a challenging hike, but it's known, it's famous because of the mountains themselves look rainbow colored and it's kind of sad of why they look rainbow colored it's it's due to climate change and and the ice receding glaciers Mm. but it is it's an amazing hike and it's a really really cool experience so anyway we were there we were in south america we decided to do this hike before we went to south america like anyone should do you go to see your gp to have your health consult and make sure everything's lined up before you go overseas and i was very anemic (laughs) very anemic and it was two weeks before we left to South America so a bit probably ill-advised to do to do a hike like that with being anemic but essentially I didn't have enough time to correct all my iron stores so by the time we got to South America uh, at least Cuzco, which is already at altitude I was anemic in a place where you already are going to have altitude sickness which is not ideal and so, anyway, a few weeks in after, we'd all acclimatized pretty well, would you say, by oh, that point Oh, yeah, easily.
0: Time? I didn't have any problems at all. Oh, uh, Angus I is... a baseline HP of 160, though. So Angus
1: <laughs> and his physiological prowess and superiority was fine, everyone. Um, but I was not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the vegetarian. Mm. <laughs>
1: The anemic vegetarian was, was, was less than an optimal shape to hike up a mountain. Um, but we started off, and when we started. I think you
0: should mention, we did do some preparation.
1: We Dude. walked up two hills.
0: <laughs> Castle Hill. We did Castle Hill twice. <laughs> it
1: was, that's, that's I think that like... might be
0: 300 meters above sea level. Oh,
1: if that. Not even. <laughs> I don't think it's 300 meters above sea level. It's, it's like...
0: Yeah, no, you're right. It's probably 30.
1: It's like saying, let's walk to the corner store before we do a marathon. <laughs> it
0: really
1: was it didn't, didn't, didn't cut the grass. But we started this hike. And when we booked this hike, they said that they'd have supplemental oxygen for anyone who needed it. Yeah, PRN. PRN, PRN 2 was going awesome. to be supplied. We start this hike, and I don't think I've ever struggled to to walk that much. Like it just, I don't know. Like, how would you paint the picture when you're out when you're hiking that high? You Every just,
0: step is a struggle, even for incredibly fit people. Like, it's just. You feel like you've already run the marathon and you're just walking at a leisurely pace.
1: Yeah. Like you just, you walk, you feel okay standing still and then you start walking 20 meters and you really can feel, you feel short of breath. You feel your heart racing because there's just not enough oxygen at that, at, at that level. Um, and so we started this and the whole team was way ahead of me including um dr angus lane uh who was far ahead with his physiological polycythemia and hypertrophied heart and the the guide
0: it's the only thing i've ever beaten him in just (laughs) the guide
1: the guide was nice enough and he like Went along with me for most of the time. But I think by the time we were maybe five hours into this hike, he was just kind of like, this girl is not...
0: <laughs> She's dying.
1: She's not going to make it. And but
0: then... He was so convinced that you weren't going to make it that they didn't even spare you a mule to get you the rest <laughs> of the did way. It. They didn't. they just left you there. <laughs>
1: he did just leave me there with that. And then when I asked about this PRN oxygen situation, he was like, oh, no, we didn't bring that. Thinking that we'd be fine. <laughs> and then so we anyway everyone's everyone's up at the summit everyone's doing fine and then probably i don't know how many hours later taking some
0: nice photos we've actually had a beer because <laughs> randomly there's some old lady selling beers on the summit <laughs> of the mountain
1: and then lo and behold i feel like i feel like i just got resurrected from the dead was what the you
0: looked like you'd been <laughs> resurrected from the dead <laughs>
1: your faces look like i was resurrected from the dead and getting up there but I, and like when we got to that summit like even just walking around the summit oh it
0: was hard so hard it was
1: so hard but yeah i guess what did i take out of that i took out of that don't be anemic if you don't want a hike it was a good experience it was cool
0: so wild so good pretty colored rocks
1: <laughs> pretty colored rocks and pretty colored cyanotic nymphs <laughs> And that has been the tea chat thank you so much for joining angus and me we look forward to the next chat but until then bye